Dance Your Heart on Fire podcast, episode number 80. Do you want to yeah. share, or I'm not sure if you feel comfortable, but like, can you share a little bit of that? Yeah, of course. Of course. Um, I think, I, yeah, like from the beginning, we knew that I just, I, I'm going to take this seriously, like, and I really want to do this. Um, and also that I'm loyal, like I, in that I'm, I, I would learn from other people and take their classes, mm-hmm. but um, I, I just really respect his, his approach mm-hmm. to dancing and, and how he is his approach in general. But uh, assisting in the beginning of like, was, it was just like, what a privilege, you know, because things were small mm. and then to kind of travel with him because we saw a lot of each other, you know, where we became close fast because we saw each other a lot and um, traveling was, it was like, it's like a dream come true. And mm. it's this continuous dream to come true, to go to different places. And in the beginning they knew more real, mm-hmm. not me, you know? So th- that was like, interesting to he never made me feel like he never made me feel like I was assisting him you know he always introduced me as a partner but I you know I just thought that was very gracious no hay reglas para amar no hay forma de acertar solo pretendo ser tu mejor verdad Pero tú vienes y te vas Y yo alerto al corazón Si te vas a quedar No entenderé otro adiós Que el hambre que tienes Se olvida de las mordidas Que ya le dio a mi vida Welcome to the Dance Your Heart on Fire podcast The podcast dedicated to inspiring dancers worldwide Whose hearts have been touched by music and dance The universal language of dance and music is spoken by many of us throughout the world. We want to motivate the dancer in you by sharing stories, insights, and ideas to enhance your journey. Join us now with your host, Charles Ogar. Hello, hello, everyone. This is Charles with the Dance Your Heart on Fire podcast coming at you with another weekly episode. And this episode should be interesting. I think it's going to be a good one. I have my friend Jessica Lemden on the line and yeah, we're finally able to kind of have a conversation and share some, I guess, dance journey vibes and just, I guess, good conversation, yeah? Yes, finally. Mm-hmm. And we do it in this way in a pandemic <laughs> over <laughs> over Zoom. We finally get that time mm-hmm. really get to know each other after for these sure. years. <laughs> so for those of you guys who are listening, uh, Jessica and I have known about each other. When did we first meet? It was before Benga's event. So I think oh, the, yeah. la- the last time that we saw each other was Canada Zook, which is 2019 which is my first Zook-only event. You were teaching Killing It with Rael. <laughs> and before that was two years or maybe a year before mm-hmm. at Bingo's event in 2018. Mm-hmm. And then I think I must have bumped into you maybe at DCBX or, or something yes. like that. Yeah. Um, but yes, I've known of Jessica for a really, really long time. And I've never got a chance to sit down and like have a cup of coffee and see 
or learn about your dance journey and the pandemic has started. And even with me and my travels and my organizing, like I started the mm-hmm. podcast and then it fell off. And now since there's so much downtime, I was thinking, hey, let's go ahead and start mm-hmm. up these podcasts again. And so I'm pretty sure a lot of the dance artists are going through more downtime than usual. So I'm glad to have you here so we can kind of like catch up a little bit. And yeah, I'm excited to learn about your partnership with Rael and how you ended up in New York and Brazilian Zouk and all this kind of stuff. But um, I was telling you recently before the pandemic, I was starting to dabble in a little bit of Brazilian Zouk a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And I competed in two Jack and Jills and we haven't danced Zouk yet, um, but <laughs> I'm still working <sighs> on my basics the Virginia and the lateral and the bonus mm-hmm. and the first bonus and all this kind of stuff. It's crazy. Uh-huh. Uh, I think it'll be cool. I think the last time we social danced was at Bengals event. Yeah. yeah. And we forgot to tell everyone really the first time we met, I think was my first time in DCBX. Mm. I think it was, um, I want to say 2013. Mm. Could have been. And I took your class. Yeah. You're doing Neo Kizomba and, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, I, I didn't really know what I was doing, but you were always so kind to me. So to hear you, be, you know, like you're this amazing Kizomba dancer and you make me feel like I, I don't have to think hard or, you know, mm-hmm. you make me feel like I kind of can do it. So I'm so happy. I'm so excited that you're going to be dancing Zouk. Yes. When uh, we when we dance Brazilian Zouk together. Mm-hmm, <laughs> but it's sure. so cool. Definitely. It's definitely a whole new realm of movement and mm-hmm. like Kizomba is a close dance, but I feel like with Zouk, it's like you have to learn to hug with your spirit. I don't know. <laughs> it's a little bit different. Um, it, yeah. It inspires a different uh, connection. They both complement each other so much. Mm-hmm. For like sure. Like for me, dancing Kizomba like is an amazing balance. I mean, honestly, the, the, there's some roots crossover mm-hmm, because Lombada, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, Lombada lives off of, yeah, Lombada lives off of uh, traditional Kizomba music where, mm-hmm. you know, we're so grateful to have that. In fact, sometimes we pa- I pass by the Kizomba room and I'm not sure what, what room it is actually because mm-hmm. it could be traditional or Lombada or, you know, especially uh, Samba mm-hmm. is really nice. We share this music as well. Um, yeah, but it puts it, Kizomba, I think, right? I'm not versed at all, but it's a amazing, that musicality that's grounded and you need mm. your legs for that. You can't get too lost upstairs. For sure, right? definitely. And, and that really complements Brazilian Zouk. Like if you train in Kizomba, it's going to help your Brazilian Zouk. Mm-hmm. And vice versa, there's like different, I guess. Upper body isolation. Upper body, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. That that work in Kizomba, but it's, it's amazing. It's a really nice pair. Mm-hmm. I'm so, I'm so glad that it's like, I don't know if you found this in the beginning when Zook, Brazilian Zook was um, growing, it would be tucked with the Kizomba room, yes, right? Like, at a big like let's put these little two ones <laughs> in this corner over here. You and know? you know, we, we, 
it wasn't too bad because it was new for everyone, I think. For and, sure. You know, but then we then when you're in a small space, you see the differences because one travels in a different way than the other. But mm-hmm. but it was it's it's nice that we were kind of the outcasts. <laughs> Definitely. And <laughs> like we were way, like the, you know? the side rooms of the Latin events that were already yeah, in the place. Dark you know? side rooms. Mm-hmm. But Bachata <laughs> started off the same way as well you know yes, like it was salsa yes. first and then bachata came along and was like oh what's going on with bachata and it's too close and it's like oh this yeah. is close then here comes kizomba and zook and now it's a yeah. whole different ball game but um mm-hmm. there's this uh underlying question that i have that's kind of like in the back of my head when you said that the crossover of the roots between the dances is really right. interesting because there's samba from Brazil and then there's Semba from Angola, yes. you know, and both of them were Portuguese colonies, but obviously Angola was a Portuguese colony in Angola and Brazil was a Portuguese colony in South America. So completely two yeah. different continents, both sharing roots of coloniz- colonization. Yeah. Yeah. And then we both have a love of Caribbean Zouk. Like Caribbean Zouk traveled to Brazil yes. and also traveled to Angola, and we both interpreted the music in different ways. And one thing that I found really, really cool, and I've, I've talked with other uh, Zouk artists about this, is this nostalgia for ghetto Zouk music. And mm-hmm. I remember I was at uh, Canada Zouk, and Renata mm-hmm. was there, and Jaime was there, and they're playing these old school Alessandro Ralph and Nusa, and I'm like, oh my goodness, this yes. is the music that I have a lot of nostalgia for. So it was very interesting to discover shared nostalgia for music in the past that was interpreted mm-hmm. in two completely different ways on two separate continents. Now yes. starting to like, and it's interesting now because now a lot of Kizomberos are dabbling in Zouk and vice versa. So it's like yes. the roots were kind of the same and then they came away. And then now like with all the social media and everything, yes they're starting to come together again. It's crazy. Yeah, it's really nice. It's really cool. And I think be, be, just like how you said, the because of the social media, we also see how important it is to go back to the roots mm-hmm. and, and use that for the, for, for, for what is it? What am I like the more modern movements that are mm-hmm. coming that are growing because like a little bit off topic. I think no, you, I think we're all your, inspired your by the mm-hmm. <laughs> I think we're inspired by the roots in in a really big way. Like I know my, so my partner Rio, he's also it, he's also my mentor. You know, he's he's my first teacher. The dancer I am now is because of this man, but mm-hmm. he's he was super he he has a background of a ton of different dances. He's from Venezuela, so like dancing, like salsa was always a part of his upbringing and dancing. And then he came to the States at 18 years mm-hmm. old, 18, not five, but 18. He started ballet Wow. and, and hardcore. And he did all of these solo dances and, and really got super into that. So when he saw Brazilian Zouk, he was established in the salsa scene and dancing with up as well. He's like, what is that? And he saw his, his, background dances like his all of his solo dances like the modern the mm-hmm. the ballet the lines all this stuff put together plus his partner dancing experience his latin dancing experience and in the beginning because it was so new um there was a lot of like there was a base but the freedom mm. was uh the 
the bigger picture. I feel like at the time, because it's like, okay, we just want people to dance and like, whoa, we can do this and we can do that. And like, this is the rhythm. And then he was invited to be a part of Brazuca, um, a big Brazilian Zouk Lombada traveling dance show. It was big in, in Australia and I think also South Africa, mm-hmm. uh, one in Edinburgh, I think. And he was the dance captain. So this show was about Braz de Santos, one of the like Lambaderos, kind of the the pioneers of this dance. Like mm-hmm. be- because of him, it spread to many places. And um, and a lot of like famous Lambaderos were there, like the roots, like with the people, like our references. And he was a part of this and he was so inspired. And then he started incorporating Lambada and the roots you know, different kinds of roots because Brazilian Zouk, like Bizouk has its roots as well, you know, Lombada. Sure. Anyway. Definitely. And and the more you you really drill one thing and then you add something crazy on top of that, it's like it's masterful. It's so cool. Because you know, you have you guys have neo kizomba, right? Mm-hmm. Or neo kiz. Urban kiz. And mm-hmm. urban kiz. And we and we also have a genre of neo zook. Yes. Neo zook mafia like that music that and it like the the movements are interesting but the more i look back at the old videos like for instance mafia zucker like what a big dj Mm -hmm. one of the like the djs for neo zook for that for that genre of music he danced lambada you know Mm -hmm. so and then to see how it changed to this different style and i don't know it's like this i don't know if you feel the same with your with your journey, but like you start it and you're like, Whoa, the possibilities, there's so much stuff. And then you see the old stuff and you're like, okay, but that stuff is really cool too. Let me try this and then add this different, really different thing. And then, you know, it, it's even cooler. This conversation, sorry, I took it to a whole nother like travel, you know, when I hear the roots, Mm -hmm. yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, it's really this foundation is strong. Definitely. And we're going to get into all that juiciness of how you met Rael (laughs) and that history for sure. Um, Because everywhere I go, people definitely uh, talk about Rael's uh, dancing and he's very, very well respected in the Brazilian Zouk scene as well. And obviously you're his dance partner. So I'm pretty sure there's some history and some context behind that. So I'm excited to to sync our teeth into that a little bit, but yeah, the roots of the dancing is really, really nice to learn and understand. And it's like this never ending story. And that's like I was telling you before we even started recording the podcast. I'm like, let's do, let's do this and like at least put something out there. So that way it's when somebody's looking back at this time, two, three, four, five, 10 years later, I'm pretty sure technology will be crazy, but podcasting is starting to like blow up everywhere. The Obama's about to have a podcast and all this kind of stuff. So Mm. um, even when we go to dance festivals, we don't get the chance to really sit down and like listen to a lecture. And I mean, if you're at a festival, you're trying to take private, you're trying to meet up with your friends, you're trying to eat and sleep and dance. So it's like trying to experience that with your friends on top of like maybe just taking a chill pill and like listening it's it's hard to do mm-hmm. sometimes and so I, that's mm-hmm. why i really love this uh, format of the podcast to kind of like just take a take us on your walk around your neighborhood or your morning coffee mm-hmm. or what have you and listen to it on your own terms you know but then the shelf life is like you can listen to this 
three, four years down the line later, but you, if you listen to it at a festival, it's just your memory, you know? So right. um, maybe five years from now, we can do a new uh, refresher podcast or something like that. I don't know. Oh my God. God, God willing, right? That everything mm-hmm. keeps going. Keeps, keeps no, going, and I was yeah. just saying, yeah, I was just saying that like be, uh, talking about roots and, and like ha- having the opportunity to get to know them. I would have loved to hear the history of like, my teachers and the teachers before Mm -hmm. them. And, and I know that in Lambada, there's like, they're trying to document that document the history. Where did this dance really come from? Mm -hmm. You know, cause with it, it spread. And, um, I know Rodrigo Delano is a part of that history. Of course, Jaime Rocha and Mm Andrade Santos, but, um, anyway, I, I, I'm, we're so fortunate to have this and, and hopefully like, this will spread and we keep documenting our, our, our history, which isn't too far, Mm-mm. but it's a history and everyone does have a history and everyone, there are roots. And I think now more than ever, even in, in like a, a wor- in a world way, we're all realizing mm-hmm. how important it is to, to look at the roots of things. Where For did sure. something really come from? And, Definitely. And, and what am I learning and what am I contributing to it? Yeah. Am I, am I holding the story? Am I keeping the story with like passing it down? Well, For you sure. know, definitely. And it, yeah. you, you have this, um, this balance of respecting the roots and the history and the culture of things. And then also innovation and new yes. influences that come with the dance that are authentic yes. to who you are. Yeah. So yeah. Um, it's, very, it's like you can be innovative, but then just don't be ignorant of the past that came before you, you know, Amen. but um, it's, it's crazy because these dances spread like wildfire, but there was no social media back then. So amazing, amazing, <laughs> amazing how that happened. I really, mm-hmm. it's crazy because now like a video can go viral, but then like everybody and their grandma can see a video um, right. in the same moment, but Back then, it's like if a song comes out, somebody has to put in a cassette that has to be shipped (laughs) and like flown to different continents. And then maybe a couple months later, somebody hears it. And then, yeah. Yeah. But yes, uh, this is going to be a very conversational podcast. Um, We kind of got right up into the mix of everything that's going on. But let's Mm -hmm. take just a couple of steps back and let's pretend that somebody's listening to the podcast and has no idea who you are or who you are, not were. <laughs> so can you, let our, uh, can you let the audience yeah. know um, who you are and what you do in the dancing before COVID and now with COVID? Yes, of course. I'm Jessica Lambton. Um, I have been, I've been, I was crowned or named the unicorn by my amazing dance partner a few years ago. And, and people started calling me that. So mm-hmm. you may, you may have heard the unicorn, but I think everyone is a unicorn. Um, I was, I'm born and raised Brooklyn, New York. My parents are from Russia. Mm-hmm. So my, yeah, I, I spoke Russian growing up. I, I still do, but English is my is my is really my 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 language <laughs> that nice. I'm most comfortable, and um, I guess my like how how I got to Brazilian Zouk, a little bit of history. I started dancing when I was like eight years old. Mm-hmm. I started dancing um, international 
competitive ballroom. So 10 dances, partner dances. So from eight to 16, I was really, I was into that. At 13, I really like really took it seriously. And I felt, you know, I, I felt this like, oh, this is what it feels like. Um, and I took it seriously. I stopped around at 15, 16. Mm-hmm. I always loved theater. Mm-hmm. Loved, and I, I got the chance to be a part of musicals and and just strict shows in high school, and I I have like a passion for that, and I thought I was going to go to a conservatory to for college, but instead I chose to um, go to a city university and to get a degree in psychology, which I also love. Mm-hmm. I'm sure a lot of us love psychology, and but I'd say that like I practically could have minored in theater because I was in shows every semester, like all the time. So I loved it. And I had every intention of like pursuing the path of psych, getting a master's or a PhD, you know, maybe doing theater on the side. Mm -hmm. And my, uh, we were talking about this. I was studying French. Mm -hmm. I wanted to, I love language. I know you're studying it or uh, dabbling. And I did a study abroad for a month in France, my junior, my junior year of college. And uh, that was the first time where I met a ton of Brazilians in France studying mm. French. Apparently there was like an engineering program and they, they like needed to learn French as well. Anyway, I was so enamored, you know, cause I, it, it's an exotic place. I never really met people from Brazil. I barely heard the language, but then, you know, like only in a few songs that made it big, like, you know, but I didn't even know that was Portuguese. So I'm like, so into them. They're so friendly and their language is so beautiful and they mm-hmm. like to, to party and get together. And I remember I was at one of their little like apartment parties and they, they were playing Samba. And I was like, oh, I know Samba. And they're like, oh, you know Samba, dance. And, and I'm doing my, <laughs> not Brazilian, you know, Samba, but my ballroom Samba. And they look and they're like, that is not Samba. And I'm like, that's not Samba. What do you mean? And they show mm-hmm. me and I'm like, oh, you're right. Okay, that's a diff- I was doing something different. <laughs> but it was, it was awesome. And then I would see them dancing together. And I'm like, what is that? Because I knew salsa, like, I knew the idea of salsa, but mm-hmm. for me, I'm thinking if you dance with someone, you know, the routine, you mm-hmm. don't just freestyle, you know? And so I see them freestyling and they say, this is called foho. And you just dance it with people. We do, we do this growing up. So when I came back home to the States, I was like, I love you, France, but forget French. Like I am all about the Brazilians. Mm-hmm. I went on YouTube and I looked up Foho, 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 Foho. And I just kept looking at videos, videos. And I'm like, I need to learn this. Like, I need, this is, this is my calling. And then I accidentally stumble upon a video of, of this other dance. Bum, 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 bum. Like I'm, it's, it looks like ballroom waltz and samba put together and i'm looking at this the dancer and i'm like she looks like she's russian you know because i've been <laughs> takes one to know one right mm-hmm. and i'm like and and then i look and her name is natasha terenkina and she's dancing with someone named agilio and i keep pressing on the like on the videos that come up and then i see natasha jilson natasha jilson natasha jilson and i see this is zook and the feeling, I don't know if you got this with Kizomba, but the feeling that I'm sure we got something similar mm-hmm. that I felt when I saw this dance was like every fiber of my being was like, I need 
I need to do this. And I'm like so obsessed. But at the other half of me, I'm like devastated. Because mm-hmm. in my head, I'm like, I can't start dancing now. Like, I think I was 20, you know, 20. It's, I'm too old to start again. And, you know, all this stuff. And I already, so I'm devastated. I'm like, this was supposed to be, I need to do this, but now I can't. So I would stay up in my my room, like until 2 a.m., like trying to do mm-hmm. whatever was on the screen until finally I worked up the courage to take a class in in the city in uh, Manhattan. So my first class was with Kim Rotier on a Monday. And my second class was with Riel on a Saturday. And we were and I knew who he was. He danced with I watched videos of him and Chloe, his sister. And I was already mm-hmm. like, fuck, like they're amazing. And uh, he was rotating people at followers and he got to me and he goes, you've done this before. And I'm like, no, I'm just, I'm just like obsessed with it. I'm watching videos. Like I want to do this and I want to do this well, you know? And we spoke after class and I was like, I I would love to take private lessons. I just want to train this. I want to understand this. And we schedule a lesson. And um, also one of the things he said was like, you feel like my sister which is a huge compliment. Mm. I mean, you know, Chloe, she's like, she dances with Dejan or she's a bachata star, but she's like a, she's, um, she's a dancer from heaven. Like she's yeah, otherworldly. Sure. So that already for me was like, whoa. And so he's like, okay, well, why don't you join my team? We're performing in three weeks. And I was like, done. I couldn't believe it. I was like, yes. I remember calling my mom after this private lesson being like mm-hmm. elated, like, you know, I don't know what's happening, but I know something, it's something is changing. And I would travel like two and a half hours to, to do these rehearsals on Sunday. And we, we performed in Philly Zook, no, Philly Zook, Philly Salsa Festival. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the second time was actually in DC where I met you. Mm-hmm. And I, because, um, Chloe was living in Jersey and, and Ree was living in New York in, mm-hmm. in, in Manhattan. I was always at his classes, whatever class he would take. So I would take attendance for him and assist him and, you know, like travel with him to New Jersey. So I just kind of, I was a part of the team and right away, just like super committed, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, then we had to go to Brazuka to do this show. Uh, for this La Mada show. And Chloe was like modeling at the time. Like she did a, a lot of projects. And so they kind of were, were really busy with their projects. And I took care of the classes in New York while mm-hmm. he was away. And so when he came back, um, Chloe was also involved in other things. And, and I was like there. So what, I, I just agreed to assist him wherever he went. You know, mm-hmm. it wasn't this like official part. Let, let's be partners talk. I always was his dancer and he always was my coach. Like I wanted mm-hmm. him to be my mentor from the beginning, you know? And, and I still look at the, our relationship like that. Like we are partners, but for me, he's always my teacher. Like I really, I look to him for help in my dancing and, and, and this career. And um, yeah, so I just got really lucky to have met this amazing family and um, and to be training under Re and mm-hmm. and yeah, and kind of things naturally just came about because you know how it was. Zook was a bit smaller, and um, congresses and festivals started growing. Boom, boom, Definitely. boom! Weekenders and Jack like, and Jill oh, competitions. Oh, like Jack and Jill. So I was just really lucky to be there at the time that things started growing. Like the very first 
Congress was Shani's event in LA mm-hmm. and her set at her second event, she had the first ever competition mm-hmm. and me and another and Kevin uh, talked, who's also a dancer. We were dancing under Riel's team. We got first place. That was also the first time I emceed, you know, like a lot of, fr- I feel like I grew up in this scene. I feel like a lot of people have seen me grow up and continue mm. to grow up. So it's, yeah, that was the that was the long story of my journey. But I'm a da- I'm a Brazilian Zuculambada dancer, mm-hmm. <laughs> and and I'm just so lucky. It's like it's like beyond that. And I don't know if you feel the same way. Like I feel like it's cultural as well. I don't want to just do this dance well, but I want to like understand the culture well because mm-hmm. I want to understand this history better because it the culture is our is is what influences the dance like even our jack and jills are different from other jack and jills Mm -hmm. you know like it yeah that was (laughs) that's my story and (laughs) definitely no thank you for sharing that was awesome here and i wasn't aware i think maybe i was semi-aware of the relationship between rael and chloe um, and I know yeah. that she was living in New York slash New Jersey before she moved to New Orleans to work with Dijon. Yes. And yes. that was like a powerhouse couple now. They're like traveling oh the world God. to Canoes. Amazing. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to rewind just a little okay. bit. Yeah. Sure. So, because sure. you mentioned your love for theater, you mentioned your love for psychology and things like that as well. And of yeah. course, the dance world knows you. For those of you who uh, of us who know you already in the Brazilian Zuc world, but it's interesting to know like what things were on the table before dance became a thing. Uh, when I interviewed mm-hmm. Guy, he was studying to be a lawyer, you know. Yes. And so I didn't know this about him when I was interviewing him. I'm like, "What? You were going to be a lawyer?" And it's like, so yes, it's Crazy. interesting. Um, so let's talk about your parents just a little bit, yeah. Yeah. Um, Russian parents in in New York. How was that experience? And I guess how did that go into the uh, into the ballroom? You know what? I everything that you heard because I know the stereotype and I grew up with it. My parents are. I, I want to say the biggest gift of my life, but they created me. So I mean, they mm. they are why I have a life. They're really amazing and i feel like they are came to this country like trying to make it make it the best like not repeat any past things not that they had Mm -hmm. a bad upbringing or anything but i know that there's a difference definitely with how i was raised and how Mm -hmm. my my other friends have been raised and or like with immigrant parents but they um just supported me the whole way. They were never strict about, um, they were never, they never really told me what to do. They mm. like, we're, we're, we're tight. We're open in that way. So like, I never kind of rebelled because there would be nothing for me to rebel against, <laughs> you know, like I would just tell them what I was thinking and they'd be like, okay, like, how can we, let, let's make it happen, you know? So when I was interested in the dance thing, they were like, let's do it, you know? And, and so gung ho, never like, Oh, what about your studies or your grades? Mm. Never. Do you have um, any brothers or sisters? No, I'm an only child. So mm. I am like principessa, <laughs> you know, princess. I'm really like 
living in the love bubble. You know, I'm sure maybe it would be different if I had a sibling. Mm. But I think, yeah, I'm just like, I'm an only child. We were very tight. And they, they've never been like, be a doctor, be a lawyer, make money. They, you know, (laughs) and they were like, making money would be a good idea. But like, you have to be happy first. For sure. So when I did the, when I went to school um, to do the psych thing, they were really proud. They've been to every theater show that I've done. They've watched every like film that I've done. I'm not nothing major, but you know, mm-hmm, like student sure. film, all my silly videos that I do now. And when I started the Brazilian Zook path, I just like they saw how crazy I was over it. Mm-hmm. Like they saw that I was like bananas and. They were just so proud. I think that at the end of the day, they're just proud that I'm passionate about something and, and happy. I got, yeah, I'm really lucky. Yeah, that's awesome really to hear. Lucky. Have you heard yeah. of Gary Vaynerchuk? Yes. He seems the to have a similar person, right? story. Uh huh. His parents are from Russia. I don't know his through. parents' story. They are? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he like gives thanks to his mom and his dad for like their upbringing and just a lot of like positive vibes of like and respect for their work ethic of growing the wine business that they had the family business that they had as they grew up i heard i heard the business i didn't know that his parents were from russia i didn't know Mm, that at all yeah definitely wow so when y'all hear you talk about your story made me think yeah i'll try to find a video or something like that and send that to you when he talks about his upbringing but family. he always gives a lot of credit to talking about yeah. yeah he gives a lot of credit to his mom and dad and the upbringing um i love that so yeah it's awesome that you had really supportive parents i'm the oldest of eight yeah. so completely <gasps> different upbringing eight? yeah mm-hmm. i was like the amazing that's like babysitter a party on call <laughs> um but wow. yeah so your parents were super supportive and that helped you yeah. grow into the dancer that you are in today. Um, can you talk to us a little bit about your theater background? Um, Cause I've seen you do these videos on Facebook <laughs> recently and I'm like, where is this coming from? And then like, sometimes the, the, it's good to hear you that you said that you're from Brooklyn. Cause I hear the accent come out a little bit. And so I'm like, just not sure about like, where what your background was but knowing that you were born and raised in brooklyn okay that yeah. makes sense so um, i have a few accents i love accents <laughs> <laughs> so, brooklyn helps so how yeah. big was theater in what you were doing and how is that like still influencing you today yeah you know growing up i loved movies i love tv but not not for the sake of like just entertainment but I feel like I learned a lot about human behavior, like, like the small things, like how your voice can fluctuate, like mm. how you can, ex- how the, the many different ways you can express something. So um, I, I think growing up, I'd love to imitate lines and my parents mm-hmm. got a kick out of it, you know, like recite lines that I remembered funny ones. And they were just encouraging for me. They were always like, ha, huh, you know, like any show that I'd want to put up for them or, especially dance. I remember like 
my friends and I would love to put on skits and my dad would always be like recording, you know, mm. I, I love that. So they, they encouraged people that, do on TikTok that now. spark. <laughs> I, you know what? I was the original. No, you know, what's funny. I get so intimidated with TikTok cause I'm on it and I'm like, man, I don't know if I could do that. You know, people are really good. It and definitely creative. takes some, some planning to figure out what it you're going planning. to do. And I think that's why there's like, I'm a little bit lazier than that. Like I have the drive to do it. Like I love it. I do. But then it's like, that's a lot. Anyway, I love it. It's great. It's TikTok is great, but it's dangerous for me because I could spend a lot of time Mm, like looking at all that entertainment. Like there's, there's artists, like that's art, you know, and that's this new art form right Mm -hmm. now. And it's so captivating. But so growing up, I love reciting lines, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and dancing, doing the original TikTok on video on v, 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 VHR VHS, yeah, and uh-huh. VHS. And um then so I, I got into the ballroom thing. I always wanted to do theater but never had the chance really to audition. And my high school was really, really good, had a great theater program. Mm. So when I stopped dancing, it was a great opportunity to be a part of it. And I loved it. I was a part, I, I was, I didn't consider myself a singer, but I was a part of some musicals and I loved that, Th- that whole experience for me. And you know what else I love? I love that I didn't have to work too hard to like, sorry, study. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to study. It came like, I feel like everything else is, is like working really hard to study and understand like it would never just came out of me like some mm. people are rock stars at math or science mm-hmm. or i was i really loved languages that was something that i was like boop, 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 got it got it mm-hmm. you know and and theater and i loved that magic that i didn't want to study it because it just like was so it was in the theater so i was always a part of something and and i yeah i'm just grateful that I, it was that thing that that just came mm-hmm. out of me that i didn't have to worry too much. When I found dance though, it was, I, dancing is like, the thing is with dancing is that it doesn't come easy, but it's, there's a hunger inside of me to do it. It's like so thirsty. Like the theater thing mm. quenches my thirst, but the dance thing is like the whole package. Like, when my my body's involved and my mind i it's like a different i don't know if you feel that like it's it's something else i feel super engaged all over have you heard of the root word of the word uh the etymology of the word educate i never thought of it or heard of it no so i i so sometimes i watch like motivational speeches and stuff like that you know and i feel like a lot of people talk about like this the education that we're taught is like, oh, you have to cram and like remember these dates and these facts and these definitions and all these kind of things, you know. Uh, but if you take a look at the Latin word of uh, the root word educate is educere. I'm not even sure if I'm pronouncing it correctly, but it means to draw from within out. Okay, Charles, can you have a podcast on that? <laughs> I love that. <laughs> But yeah, so like when you get an education, it's to find out what you have inside already and cultivate that and bring that out. So as you as I was hearing you speak, it's like, oh, I didn't have to work too hard. That's that's what fucking education is. It's like finding that gift that you have inside already and then 
amplifying that, you know? And I feel like so many people live the reverse. They don't get a chance to find out, or maybe they do find out what it is, but then maybe they get sidetracked into something else and they think education is something that they have to like have a diploma on their wall oh, or something like so that, moved. you know? That was so moving. I had no idea about what even educate, even like <laughs> mm-hmm. the root. That's so moving. Mm-hmm. That's the, the root word of the, the Latin well, word education comes from. Well, my parents did a great job. But that's obviously <laughs> different from what we get what we get taught in school from pre-K to middle school to yeah, college. Like, that's a whole different like, trajectory, you know? Not that, every, not that things were like super challenging, but a lot of things I was like, Mm-hmm. why you know like I feel like in high school I understood like <laughs> I, I don't know I, I had a really mindful moment of like oh my god I just wasn't paying attention like and now I'm actively paying attention because before I guess I just d- was not I was like in la la land you know and that's really interesting mm-hmm. when you realize like do I not get it or am I just not paying attention you know that's amazing. Anyway, mm. that's so funny. But th- so the interesting thing with the dance is that like it came out it, this like these bursts of mm-hmm. inspired movement and, and like good following. But the more I dove deeper, it, the more work it took, like the more I realized I was like, okay, um, there's so much I don't know. And like, there's so much I don't feel in my body and that created, it showed me the way I think of things and how I learn. And it just showed me that like, I'm a li- I'm kind of, I have anxiety, like I'm a bit on the anxious side of things, you know? And I feel like theater and that platform is the only way I could use the anxiety to just like throw it and create something. Riel told me recently, like, in, emotions are energy and I, I like that really that like hit me well and I was like well I guess that's why theater worked for me because I have all this fucking anxiety mm. and I was just able to throw it into some magic story and and really dive mm, into it for sure whereas with dancing like there's a I I there's so much I need to learn about my body and and because if I get nervous my body stops and then I can do the theater thing on top, but then it's not real because my body isn't with it. So I'm just like learning the the storytelling of the body so that it's honest. Because for me, acting is not is not lying. Like acting is the the re- is the most real thing. It's you in a different set of circumstances. You're like you're bringing the truth to a story. Like you're bringing it to life, mm-hmm. and that's what I love about it. And I feel like I'm learning with dancing, like with the physical body, like I'm learning to bring the truth to my movement so that I'm not like skipping ahead to what I want it to look Mm -hmm. like or letting my, my feet, my anxiety, like, you know, like I have to do a show, but I'm nervous. So I'm not like doing the show justice by moving in an anxious way. If that makes sense. It does. So dancing is a lot of work, but it's, it's like a work that I, it's live or die. Like it's the work that I want to do. Mm-hmm. I want to do this well, you know, it comes with its hurdles, but it definitely comes with uh, a price and its hurdles for sure. Um, and I, I think I want to reflect back on the self-awareness that you 
mm-hmm. were mentioning about. Yeah, because I feel like a lot of dancers and even I guess even more so for the, the role of the follow, I feel. Yeah, because a lead has a preconception of what he's yeah. about to do as he's doing it or like uh, maybe it's a couple of head uh, counts mm-hmm. of uh, head or even maybe he knows, OK, this song, I'm going yeah. to focus on this or something like that. But as a follow you can't read his mind. So you're literally like creating and seeing things as they create, like, I guess even retrospectively, because in the moment you're not even sure like how many spins is going to happen right now, or is this going to go into a cambre or something like that. Um, And so I I feel that a lot of dancers um, struggle with this sense of awareness because it's like when you first start, it's like, oh yeah, Zook, let's do it. And you have such a limited scope of what mm. the dance is. And then like you mentioned before, you go deeper and then it's like, man, there's more. And your sense of self-awareness expands. But then it's like, as does your mm-hmm. comfort zone. So it's like your comfort zone is growing your sense of self-awareness is growing, but you're always on the edge. So it's hard to even track progress. So I'm curious to see like what was going on through your brain, because you mentioned that like Rael, he met you, you guys started working and training together. And then of course, over time, you started to like assist him. And then when did you, how did that process go of like getting better and better training, not getting too down on yourself? into even starting to to teach and things like that yeah so that's a really great I know that's, way that's to a put lot. it <laughs> no no like that was really well done that's like because you're making me think about really interesting things like for instance i started dancing with someone young so being close to someone dance wise wasn't a big thing like it wasn't a, as mm. big of a deal and then i i a few things were going on, like because I had mm-hmm, that dance sure. experience, which did help, and I'm very grateful mm-hmm. for. So I, I have this like knowledge or awareness in my body. So there wasn't a fear of like, what are they going to do? Mm. Which is amazing. Like I didn't. I, I'm very fortunate to not have this like, <gasps> what are they going to do next? Mm-hmm. That wasn't my fear. And so in the beginning, it was like. I want to do this so much. I don't care. Like, I don't care. I need to do this. So I, I, there was like, I, I had this confidence because I wanted it so much. Right. And notice as many people who just start something, some dances are better than others, mm-hmm. you know? And my immediate thoughts wasn't like, Oh, what am I doing? My immediate thoughts was like, Oh, well, that's just a good dancer. And that's not as good as a dancer, you know? Like, so I really, I put the responsibility on someone else. Mm -hmm. And, um, I I started teaching fast. It like, because I had to sub for real when Mm -hmm. he wouldn't be able to come like, and I was assisting him, you know, I'm really lucky that he trusted me, but I, wasn't sure how much I trusted me taking on. Like I never wanted to be a teacher ever in my life. Like I didn't think I, I'm not, I didn't think I was a teaching type. I thought it was like a performer or Mm -hmm. some more one-on-one conversationalist, but to to teach someone, I've always felt like, who am I to teach anyone anything, you know? (laughs) Um, Right. So, 
so so that was in the beginning like it, it, it was i i taught but i wasn't like i was really nervous to teach because i wasn't ready for that I, I didn't think i was i had what it took i would dance but also be like well this person is a good dancer and this was a bad dance because they weren't they don't know what they're doing you know that was mm. my thing and then i started like the, traveling with riel and assisting I say teaching lightly because he's, he's the teacher, you know, and I'm learning so much from him and, mm -hmm. and it, it's, it's a big privilege to say teach because I really, it was like, I'm really learning and assisting him by his side. But anyway, mm -hmm. and I remember in Croatia, I had like a dance with someone that wasn't very good. I, I like the dance itself wasn't going well. And afterwards he said, you know, you're such a beautiful dancer, but for some reason I can't get that dancer when I dance with you. And I was like, oof, I don't like the sound of that. But that was great because it's like, you know, yeah, like I should be a good dancer. It shouldn't depend on anyone else. Like Riel has amazing dances as a leader and a follower. Mm. And it doesn't matter who he dances with. His sister, Chloe, she dances with everybody. She looks amazing. And that really put things into perspective. And I was like, uh, okay, like I need to fix that. I don't want people think like saying that they don't, they can't get that dance with me. Mm -hmm. And Riel really inspired that for me. Like training with him, you know, it, he's not like, it, it's not like typical, like ballet point your toe mm -hmm. here. Like it's feel something here, like notice this or notice like that. And um, he has like a really colloquial way of talking about the body, like really complicated things. And um, so I, I, you know, I was dealing with like, okay, whoa, 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 whoa. I really need you. I, I need to take the responsibility for being a good dancer. Mm -hmm. And also with re. In, then there was these interesting anxieties of like teaching. Am I ready for that? Mm -hmm. Also, like Chloe, Chloe, people know Chloe danced with Riel, mm -hmm. and like she's a she is a powerhouse. Like, are they going to be okay with me dancing with him? You know, yeah. like I'm not like that. So I, I really developed a lot of fun anxieties for myself. Mm -hmm. um, and but I, I feel like noting the progress was having myself having a good time at all uh, dancing with everyone you know having shows where i finally got the note or i could relax mm -hmm. I, I you know because it's about tension for me like when i get anxious everything tenses up and i can't yeah. control it so like me finding out how can i still be nervous and like also aware of my body that's been a huge for sure milestone and i'm not like by any means have i graduated you mm -hmm. know and and got the diploma and, and that's it i have the answers but i really feel like i had some big questions it throughout my journey of like how do i transform my weight like how do i not fall because that was the big thing and that was my that was my fear it wasn't what are they going to do next can I trust them? It's like, can I trust me? Mm -hmm. I don't know if I'm like strong enough to hold myself or I'm, I don't know if I'm strong enough to not hurt myself here or to protect myself. So that's been the journey. That's how I've been tracking my progression. Like, can I, I, can I identify like when I'm tense, when I'm not, and can I identify, identify like, what is it that happened? Cause that's the first part. Sometimes I'd black out and not know 
like what the problem was. For sure. But I feel like a step is identifying, okay, oh, you tensed up here. You, your shoulder went up here, you know? Mm-hmm. And then next is like, okay, this person dances like this. How do I adapt to that? Mm-hmm. Oh, I want to do a one-legged turn. Oh, I want to do a one-legged turn by myself. Can I do that? Mm-hmm. You know? Sorry, this is a really long answer, but no, it's like that, that's fine. been my journey. Yeah. Yeah, I'm no. kind of taking responsibility and then being freaked out by the responsibility and then being like, bitch, you have to just take responsibility because that's what people do. Like, mm-hmm. that, that's what we do. We we do things that are that are scary and then we learn how to like not be scared of them. That's the process, right? For sure. Courage isn't the, the absence of fear. It's learning how to continue to move forward with the fear still there, you know? You're killing it with it. That's great. I love These that. These are things that I hear in other motivational speeches and personal development and things like that. But it's just they're so true. Yeah. You know, like people look yeah. at brave people, but it's like, oh, well, I can't be brave because I'm scared. And like the thing is, like this, the fear doesn't go away. You just get used to dancing with the fear and things like that, you know. So, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I love that. So it's good that we're scared. <laughs> yeah, definitely. We need it. And it, it's just almost like a, it helps us let us know like where we have areas that we need to continue to work on and things like that, you know? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I have that in teaching. That's my new, my mm. new thing now, like, because I, because of the pandemic COVID and mm-hmm. we have to do things online and I'm teaching a lot more by myself. So like one or two times a month or mm-hmm. like a week is one thing, but really doing it continuously, I, I, I'm, I'm learning so much. And I don't know if you have this, but I get it. it there's like a, it, it, when you don't identify as a teacher right away, mm-hmm. like when you, that's not when you grow up thinking I want to be a teacher, like, Oh yeah, I'm going to teach. If that's super foreign and you grow up thinking like, no, 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 I'm not a teacher type. And then you're, and then it, it comes up and like, you have to unlearn that or like I get it when, when I get nervous in between, like, is this entertaining? Does this Mm -hmm. make sense? Can they see me? Is the audio working? Is the camera like, is whatever, like all these questions come in my head. And I literally like that can screw up the flow because you're not there anymore. For sure. Even, but you know what, even in person, you freak, when you start thinking like, oh, like, is this entertaining? Did I make mm-hmm. sense? Am I, you know, then it, it, it cuts off the flow. And those are the moments where I'm really, I really like, I'm learning. That's my new thing. Like, mm-hmm. okay, how do I learn to not get too freaked out? Because yeah. we're all here. We're all here to dance. And we have to like, find the truth. What is it that you want to share that's going to help? Mm-hmm. You know, what's the truth? Not arching is the truth, you know, like softening your knees here is the truth. How do I, you know, like I have to keep reminding myself, it's not about like any of these crazy things in your head. It's it's literally about like, how do we get from A to B in a way that's going to help and make mm-hmm. us happy? That's it. For sure. So the way that I got started teaching was uh, Kizomo was the first dance that I taught and I didn't teach anything before. And it's, it's, I mean, talking about insecurities, a lot of people have praised my teaching, but since I haven't got a formal training on my teaching, yeah. like, I feel like, okay, okay, it was a good class, but I'm still have when somebody sees my class who knows how to teach, then they'll be able to see 
things to improve and things like that, you know? Right. Um, but right. it's been really interesting because I wouldn't say before I started teaching dance that I'm a teacher, but I guess yeah. I feel like I am my most authentic self when I'm teaching. It's very interesting. Like if you were to come mm -hmm. and hang out with me during the day, you'll be bored out of your mind. Cause I would just be like in my, I'm an introvert. So I'm just like doing my thing on my phone, on my laptop, listening to a little bit of music. And that's about it. You know, uh, we go to a party. I'm not the one in the center of the attention. I'm just like, I'm not the spotlight guy at all. But when it comes time to teaching, like all of that just kind of like morphs into, I feel like what I feel is going to be the best way to capture attention from the students. And it does take a little mm -hmm. bit of entertainment. Um, so I tell yeah. jokes and things like that, but I don't know where these jokes come from. And uh, just coming up with these weird analogies of like, I have like, when I want the students to have their feet together, point to four, I call those hot dog feet because it's like a hot dog. And then the problem it. is, it's like sometimes they're standing like this. I'm, I'm holding my hands in a V and it's pizza feet. Yeah. So no pizza feet, hot dog feet. And then I said, there's going to be an alligator that goes around and eats pizza. So you don't want your feet to get eaten. So make sure you have hot dogs. Makes no sense whatsoever. But like, I love it. <laughs> the I love it. Things come out. Um, like with basic one, like I call them honey covered butt pistons because your, your hips have to go up and down, but they can't splash. Uh -huh. So imagine drizzling honey on top of your butt pistons. Yeah. Just weird, weird little I love things. It. But, That's um, perfect. I found out through teaching and things like that, that I had a skill for, which made me more passionate about it. And I guess that kind of helped um the I guess anxiety because I really wanted to help the students and I feel like my goal is like I'm super Mario and I want to get, inspire as many light bulb moments and the light bulb moments are the coins that Mario goes around and collects so I'm like yeah. anytime a student asks a really good question and then I answer that question and it gets like Ding! like I got I mean another coin for the class you know yeah um, so I really try to like help the students out as much as I can. It's something that I really, really love. Um, but yeah, that's kind of like my take on the on the teaching for sure. Um, but that's teaching really online fun. is definitely different because you have the technical aspect of everything and the lighting and the sound and yeah. the music and all that kind of stuff. Um, but the, yeah, sometimes like when I was first starting out and I didn't know a lot and I was learning as I went, there are definitely moments where it was like, I don't know, like these people are flying here to come to this festival or it's a workshop thing and people are investing this time and this money and like I want to yeah. make sure that they get the value. And yeah, there's definitely that uh that worry sometimes to want to make sure that like I don't want to make people feel like they wasted their time or wasted their money, you know? Right. This is the biggest thing, like. Oh my God. I hope like, I, you know, I hope it's worth their while. It's mm -hmm. like they're paying money. And, but that's like, a, that's really great. That's a really great way to, um, to, to talk about it. Like that you, that you, you just want to help people. Like you're like super Mario and getting, getting sure. coins. That's, and I, that's really beautiful though. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm just trying to like, I mean, if you come with the energy of serving, you know, and it's like, mm -hmm. hey, let me know how I can help you. And and getting feedback from the students, I think that 
helps out a lot. And I feel like one thing that feedback that I've heard from my classes that is that I definitely encourage a lot of questions. And mm-hmm. when somebody asks a really, you know, when you're teaching and a, and a student asks a question and it just shows that their mind is in the right spot, it's just, mm-hmm. I know it's like oxygen as you're teaching and it just lets you know, like, hey, I can help you. I, I know the answer. And I'm yeah. really glad and thankful to like for this opportunity to be able to help you, you know? And so yeah. I feel like that helps. And I know sometimes in some classes, some students are afraid to ask questions, you know, because they don't sure. want to seem like they don't know it or they don't feel comfortable showing like they don't understand something or anything like that. But I really mm-hmm. try to make it a way to like, hey, if you have any questions or anything like that, please let me know. Like, I'm here to help you. And I try to set that vibe in my classes. Totally, totally. Mm-hmm. Sometimes there's those moments, though, of like, any questions? <laughs> and, and it, you know, and like, it, it's silent. And um, like, it's, I, I, I read it as because I'm in sometimes I'm in those classes and then mm. the, the, any question question and it's like I don't even think I thought of one yet because I'm still mm. trying to you know sure. so I always I try to add humor to those moments mm-hmm. am I <laughs> any questions no great so uh-huh. and then I'm like no I'm kidding if you actually have something to say but yeah I it's a it's a service and I know that you know, I wonder if you feel this too, like now there's a lot of artists, especially mm. now that are giving this service and it's like a lot of us and it's like really creative. How do we break down mm. what we do and how do we offer? Because everything is important. Everyone's mm. point of view is important. How do you make your, you know, point clear? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. But thank you for sharing. I, I love that you love you love teaching so much. And I, I, I do love teaching. I, I think I just put this pressure of like, I need to let go of this question. Like, what do you, what do you have to offer? Do you, mm. you, you're a teacher. What do you have to offer them? You know, but it's, I, you know, it's, it's, it's a mindset. Yeah. And, Teaching and I is, it's just sharing. Some of this is. Okay. Let's, let's, let's take this to another tangent. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm hearing uncertainty in the value that you bring to a class. And I think this sense of uncertainty is healthy to a degree, yeah? It's really interesting because when you see some really talented people and yet they're so humble, I feel like they have a really good sense of like, yes, I'm really talented in these things and I have a whole bunch of other things that I need to improve on. So when you take a look at both, like it, it balances out, you know? But then you see mm-hmm. other people who may not have the same experience. And well, there's this, this concept going back to my weird analogy is called the, 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 the shit scale. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure you've seen some of this in your students. Either sometimes they tend to think they're hot shit and okay. everything is perfect and they don't need to do anything. So it's like, yeah, I'm hot shit. Like, boom, you know, like, mm-hmm. and then on the other side of the spectrum, you have people who think they're just shitty dancers. Yeah. And so they need confidence mm-hmm. and you, it is hard for them to accept compliments. Yeah. So mm-hmm. how do you balance thinking you're a hot shit and you don't have to practice or work on anything? You're perfect to 
not going too far along on the bottom of the scale to where, oh, you're just a shitty dancer, you have no value. And it's like trying to find this healthy balance in between, yeah? Yeah, I mean, I don't even think I've touched the I'm hot shit. I don't even know what that feels <laughs> like yet. I mean, but you've because, seen you know, I look at people, that I, I've seen, I'm going to say this, I think also in the Brazilian Zouk Lambada scene, mm-hmm. it's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's a a closer, smaller maybe group and that and like we all know each other and have seen each other's process and it's mm. a lot of good dancers. So I feel like no one just comes in and is like I feel like the, it's a different personality. Like the mm. Brazilian Zouk community isn't even like that. And like I don't think people would like that hot shit, you know. But I do know what you mean. I think that I uh, I. It, admire the confidence maybe of those that are newer Mm. dancers that are giving class and offering. I admire that so much because it's like, you know, you, you feel like you have something to offer and you do, and that's really good Mm -hmm. because that people are going to trust you if you, you know, believe in your, in what you're offering. I do think there's no room for arrogance. And I do think people will sniff that out. Mm -hmm right away at the end of the day, like that won't take you too far, but that, that I do admire that when people feel comfortable enough, like to know, to know the value when you overcross that boundary, I have yet to meet dancers that are like, mm. well, you know, my worth is just, you, you know, <laughs> I, I have yet well, to I mean, meet even the, even the big boy, boys and girls are big dancers in our scene. Aren't like that. And are, you know, super open to like, helping i feel like it's a very helpful community because yeah. there's i feel like salsa is a little bit bigger mm-hmm. like the it, they have maybe more money to spend for for, for artists sure, and definitely. like so it, like they, it's they have the space for that kind of behavior whereas zuka haven't seen that yet just because we're too small you know I'm still focusing on growing the dance you know yeah yeah i hear you so and I feel like you mentioned the newer instructors and teachers starting. And I feel like sometimes you have really talented dancers, but they don't, they're so, they have this complex of like, no, I, I don't know about this and I need to work on that. And this is wrong and that is wrong and this is wrong. And so right. sometimes it's like, they don't take that step forward to potentially teach or perform or do something because they have this, they're too far along on the, one of my dancing side, is shitty. Yeah. 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 It's interesting. It is interesting because if you, I feel like you want to be able to keep those things in mind. Yep. Yeah? And, and keep mm-hmm. always be hungry to continue to improve and learn and, and things like that. You don't want to get so pushed along the I'm so talented. I don't need to take classes anymore. I don't need to Mm-mm. stretch or anything like that. But at the same time, you don't want to have that get lost in that world of all the things that you need to improve because then you never really appreciate where you are, you know, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I think, you know, my, my dance, uh, partner, re, he always is like, cause I'm the one that's like, Oh, the really stressed out one. Like, Oh my mm-hmm. God, I didn't get that thing. And he's like, he's more, he's, he has the happier mm. vibes. Like, Oh, we have a show, but like, let's not freak out, you know, mm-hmm. kind of like that. He, he finds more, more, um, 
of the, he finds more less stress. Okay. That makes sense. Sure, for sure. So I, he's inspired me to be way more playful and curious versus like, uh, what is this called? Um, when you're down on yourself, like don't beat yourself up, but yeah. be like, you know, just see where yourself, where you're at and be like, okay, I see, like I have to do this challenging thing, but that's something I'm going to work on. And when mm-hmm. I get it, it's going to feel good. For sure. You know, so that really helps the mindset. Yeah, dance isn't one of those things that's going to give you instant gratification if you're trying to hit one of those goals. You have to really like be able to yeah. like continue. It's like going to the gym. It's like, hey, my max bench press is 150 and I want to get to 300. You can't jump from 100 to yeah. three, 150 to 300. You got to put on five pounds, 10 pounds at a time. Mm-hmm. And it's got to be consistent over time to get to that point, you know? So it's really good. Yeah, I'm learning. I'm learning that as well. That that calm patience. Mm. One thing that I find very admirable um, from multiple times I've interacted with you and, and this, I guess this, uh, this admiration and respect that you have for Rael, I don't think I've seen that in any other dance partnership and any dance style that I've been around. <laughs> and it's very endearing. Um, I'm curious to hear the story of like when the partnership became official and how did that work as far as like, I guess, dancing full time, obviously there's money that needs to be made and traveling because you can't travel as often as you can if you're not in it all the way. So how did it go from like being an assistant to being around more to like, okay, I'm going to travel and assist with you. Okay. Now you're assisting me multiple times a week in different countries do you want to yeah. share or i'm not sure if you feel comfortable but like can you share a little bit of that yeah of course of course um i think i yeah like from the beginning re knew that i just I, i'm gonna take this seriously like and i really want to do this um and also that i'm loyal like i in that i'm i, I would learn from other people and take their classes mm-hmm. but um I, I just really respect his his approach mm-hmm. to dancing and and how he is his approach in general. But uh, assisting in the beginning of like was was just like what a privilege, you know, because things were small. Mm-hmm. And then to kind of travel with him because we saw a lot of each other, you know, where we became close fast because we saw each other a lot. And um, traveling was it was like it's like a dream come true and it's Mm. this continuous dream to come true to go to different places and in the beginning they knew more real Mm -hmm. not me you know so that was like interesting to he never made me feel like he never made me feel like I was assisting him Mm. you know he always introduced me as a partner but I you know I just thought that was very gracious because he he does a lot of a lot of work like he, he choreographs our shows I'm there I'm a part of the process Mm. he makes those creative decisions and that's a big thing you know to be a part of um because i do things that i never thought i would do so i guess it started off we we did our our first show together frozen by madonna Mm -hmm. and you know like i would go to him with to these places and we do our show and then slowly you saw riel and jessica more as as a unit and mm-hmm. i would be invited and i would be invited to also teach like a, maybe a lady style or styling workshop and 
Um, it just, I, I feel like it, it just naturally went down this direction. We didn't have to have a big conversation about it. And, and it, um, yeah, so financially, financially just dancing is, is a, is a hustle and it's a challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really lucky again to be with my supportive family. Uh, if I didn't have their support, I don't think I would be able to do this. So it, yeah, everything just kind of gradually, I'm, and I'm still learning. I'm still learning how to navigate this financially because it's not like this isn't the most sustainable thing, you know, yeah, if God forbid sure. you get injured or if you need a sick week, there's no like paid vacation here. There's no insurance here. Like it's mm-hmm. a little different, but I, I always had this feeling of like, just keep going. And I'm so happy that I, that I followed that. Um, I think and so. I, this is a few different answers. For right? sure. Like, no, I mean, dance, yeah. the dance world is kind of crazy, you know. I think one of the, for me as an artist, and I'll be curious to hear your story as well. One of the things that you, I guess, earn for when you're first starting out is getting your flights covered, you know, like sometimes it's like with of the course. organizers, it's like, oh, well, you can come teach, but I don't have any money for the flights and yada, yeah. yada, yada, and stuff like that. So, you're putting forth this work to get the flights covered and then, okay, flights and hotel and then flights, hotel and food and like flight, hotel, food. And now what you want to make per hour and all that kind of stuff. So um, I feel like a lot of people, and I'm not even sure if artists really talk about that. Like what, what goes on behind the scenes of the festivals and, and the flyers that you see everywhere, you know? Uh, And then this is coming as an organizer and also as an instructor, you know? Um, but yeah, like I know starting out and people didn't know who you were and you, you didn't have that big of a following. And so maybe you have to pay for your way to get to an event and things like that. Mm-hmm. And obviously that's not sustainable. And so you, you, you're trying to get to that point to where, okay, now organizers see my value, students see my value. And now yeah. today it's not even a question. Oh, you want me to come out to your event? Then you already have your list. These are the things that I want. To, to have covered and there's no battle anymore you know yeah yeah I mean, you, yeah I also saw it as kind of like this is like me going to college again mm. like I need to learn about all these stuff and also no one owes me anything like mm-hmm. I need to prove to them what I can do and like my worth and mm-hmm. am I gonna do I have something to offer so for me, it never felt too unfair, mm. like in in that way. Plus, I danced with this like g- genius, you know. Like, so I was getting a lot of perks. Like, even if I had to, in the beginning, pay, like I would be alongside of uh, and learning constantly. Mm. Um, and sometimes, like, yeah, just one thing to interject. Sometimes, Please. just like like I imagine. Uh, with Rael, it's like, obviously, like, you want to be able to share and, like, be equitable and everything like that in the way that you're bringing yeah, on yeah. a new person. Um, and sometimes there isn't just that much money on the table to begin with, you know? And then if this is his full-time yeah. thing, like, how much can you afford to give? And can I minimize yes. my partner's expenses? Maybe I'm not giving her any money. And then, like, private lessons and stuff like that as well. It's, it's a lot yeah. that goes into it, you know? It's a lot. It's a lot. But I'm just, I'm very lucky because with Riel, it never felt like, it never felt unfair ever. Mm-hmm. Like I, I feel awesome. like it was, yeah, it was, I, I, I'm, I'm so fortunate to, to, to have this 
to have mm-hmm. to have had this with him, like the training, the the knowledge, the chance that he took, really. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and creatively and as a friend to be around someone like that is, mm-hmm. is so is, is really amazing. Um, yeah. I mean, he's pushing me now. He's the one encouraging me now. Like you're a teacher, do this, you mm-hmm. know, <laughs> he's like showing me my worth. So I'm, I'm really grateful. And, and I'm sure you, you come to this now, like again, this isn't really Hollywood. So exactly. <laughs> sometimes we still have to, even though you have, you, you know, your work established mm. or whatever, sometimes events just don't have the budget or maybe it's a weekender enough. and it's not a yeah. festival, you know, or so the weekender. Yeah. Mm. I know everyone is trying. I know everyone is doing the best that, that they can. I'm sure there's situations where maybe like some events o- are overachieving and like don't sure. maybe like invite too many people and like don't have the, mm. don't think that through. But I, I've I've been really like lucky and I think everyone organizers included everyone's trying to be fair and like and grow the scene, you know, and gr- and really grow it, yeah, and really grow it for sure. I definitely have. It's interesting because like starting off with Kizomba, um, I was curious. My dad has his own business. Um, he's a freight forwarder and he ships things back to Nigeria. But I share that just to show wow. that like I have like this respect for entrepreneurs, you know, and it was interesting yes. trying to take my entrepreneur mind, which I had before I knew Kizomba and apply that to Kizomba because um, I was let go from my job while I was already starting to uh, dance in the festivals and I decided just not to go back, you know, and it's been a really fun ride for sure. Um, And I wouldn't change that, but at the same time, like wanting to have health insurance and being able to like, you want to talk about buying a home and and things like that. What's um, that? (laughs) it, It makes you question like what, what can be done to like, uh, generate more income, not for greed's sake, but just like quality of life, sustainability, sake, you know? mm-hmm, and sustainability. Yeah. You know, because to have a life, <laughs> because afford a life. The financial stress sometimes can be really crazy. Sometimes, if you're trying to like yes. make it between gigs and private lessons, and um, and then if you're talking about quality of life, like if you're traveling every weekend to a different festival like your dancers artist side is like awesome i'm in demand but then self-care like not sleeping yeah. injury um nutrition when you're on the road and all that yeah. kind of stuff is kind of crazy so then it's like yes. it becomes this this tug of war sometimes okay. of trying to get everything mm-hmm. going and I, I study a lot of different entrepreneurs and it's interesting to see like how they craft their business to kind of like generate different sources of income just so they can sustain themselves and continue doing what they're doing. And I know the art side is a little bit different because usually those are not a lot of marketers and promoters because you have a different role in dancing for those. But I, I, I cross both of those quite fluidly. And it's just interesting to kind of see like, especially now with the pandemic, now that the events aren't happening. So now everything has to be online, but there's plenty of examples of like online businesses. There's six figure membership sites of different things and things like that. So it, it, it just, I guess, takes some time to like generate the scene to like have the 
is the pie big enough? Are there enough people out there looking for mm. what you're looking for? And then like, how can you deliver value to them in exchange for um, the monetary thing? Just so not, again, again, not out of greed, but just out of like sustainability, you know? No, it's not greed at all. Yeah. Just to be able to like own something. Mm -hmm. I say this to everyone. I don't own anything, but I have everything. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Which is great. But some days I'm like, Hmm, I wonder what it's like to be a real adult. <laughs> but, you know, yeah, it's okay. We, 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 we need to have the vision. Mm -hmm. We need to be happy. We need to like, not, not dread too much on the questions, right? For like sure. uh, we have the passion, just like you said, it, to be able to find something that you love and, and to it's do and want yeah. to do Oh, yeah. Sometimes yeah. you can find something that's more financially rewarding, but then it's like soul sucking, you know? Yeah. So it's yeah. trying to like, and again, you, you don't want to get caught in these either or situations either. You yes. know, it's like, well, yes. either I'm going to be fulfilled and broke or financially sound and bored. Like, how do you combine the best out of both worlds yeah. and, and feeling worthy for that? So uh, I'm curious to, hear how you've been adapting you said that rael has been pushing you to promote yourself you've been doing a lot of solo teaching and i've definitely mm -hmm. been seeing your videos that you've been putting on social media recently with different characters that you've been playing which makes yeah. sense hearing about your theater background so how has it been uh, adapting to the pandemic and online instruction for you I mean, it's, it's been, it's been this really interesting blessing because it's making me like grow and uh, really pushing the buttons that need to be pushed. Like mm. I, I, I set up my very first website ever. Awesome. And I, you know, like you have to get a domain and mm -hmm. like a little bit of an, an investment, but I'm, I'm so happy. It's called www.followyourunicorn.com. Nice. And I'm, yeah, like it, it, it being creative, like what else can I break down? What else can I refine in myself? Um, how do I step up to that? Cause it's like, for me, it's nerve wracking to teach alone. I mm. have the luxury of, of being on the side of Ree. So it's been this big push on like, how do I speak clear? Mm -hmm. How do I focus more? How do I like planning? Um, and then there's a lot of solo dancing, like a lot of solo dancing at, mm -hmm. at on, online parties, which is actually amazing. Mm -hmm. Like that has opened up a whole new thing for me. I love partner dancing. There's, I mean, Zook changed, like helped change me for the better and like helped me grow. But I was always nervous to dance alone. And, and Riel really inspired me to dance alone and really showed me the beauty of dancing by yourself because you have so much more to offer to mm -hmm. dance with someone. And now during this pandemic where all I have is myself to dance with, it's like, it's, it's really cool, you know, because at first I started these Zoom, I went on these Zoom parties feeling like a little awkward, mm. like, okay, a screen. But then I turn my lights off and I have party lights and then I go and I'm in a trance, like I'm in the like a party. And that has been a, a blessing because then I'm like exploring my movement in a less like um, strict way. Mm -hmm. It's like through this party energy, I'm able to like explore and create. So I'm really grateful for that. 
And then in a partnering sense, because Rhea and I haven't seen each other or touched each other since the beginning of March. Oh, wow. We've only been doing this online. Are you guys both in been, New York or? He, he's, he's away. He's in, um, he's in a, another state. Mm, I got so you. like he, we've been like, you know, we have Wi-Fi in Zoom. Mm-hmm. Like you could literally dance wirelessly, like without touching mm-hmm. a person. It's, it's super lambada but it's all you for sure can do that in, in brazilians we're doing that online mm-hmm. and it's actually really awesome because you can dance in this kind of connected way i like so we we, I, we have this we have a class for wi-fi where we dance at the end and like mm-hmm. him and i are starting to dance at these parties and it's real like it's a real lead and follow thing and then i dance uh with Paloma online mm-hmm. just like during the party and it was super interesting because it was like we were dancing together but it wasn't lead follow it was mm-hmm. like intuitively jamming and like it like was a jam an session so yes but yeah but in like a different in, in real it's still online but it's so I'm really diving into that mm-hmm. um it's been really cool. Also, Charles, yes. I am almost finished with my online yoga teacher training. What? Yeah, I would have never done that if it wasn't for this pandemic. So I'm like really grateful. I've been, I've been doing yoga, yoga for, for years now, like, mm-hmm. but never, never seriously taking it to a next level. Exactly. Um, I'm not saying I'm going to be this amazing teacher. Like after 200 hours, mm-hmm. it takes more than that. But <laughs> sure. like I took this step and, and like j- just being able to cue a yoga class is going to, is like that calm and precision to direct someone mm. with your voice. Like that's going to help me with, with 100%. my, with the classes, you know, and uh, uh, diving deep into alignment. The, the, what I'm learning from Riel about dancing and the body, I'm applying that to this yoga training online, which is not a freaking picnic. It's mm. so different <laughs> to learn online. And I'm getting it in a deeper way that like, you know, so this pandemic has been really, it's, it has its challenges and like a lot, uh, a lot, you know, and, but I'm so lucky because I found all these like gold. Trinkets. What am I trying to say? Like <laughs> trinkets. Yeah. That are helping me grow so much. You know, I miss a lot the like the traveling and I miss that so much. Like I miss Congress parties mm. and that energy so much, but there's something to be said about like sitting and having a look at what staying in one place, looking at what you're doing Mm. and, you know, and growing like that. Um, anyway, definitely. No, that's a good answer. Sorry. I kind of really talk it out with you. (laughs) No, it's completely fine. This is, this is exactly what the podcast is for sitting down and talking. (laughs) Right. Right. Um, You have some really great questions. So mm, it's it's just very curious to see how it all goes. And I think it's a very interesting time for us, for a lot of people, but especially us in the dancing, you know, yeah. and, and the, yeah. the full-time artists. And then now you're seeing these other sides of life that we have neglected uh, because of the yes. hustle and bustle in the dance life, which is a blessing in itself. So yes, um, 
it's like because of the blessing, you neglected other sides of things and other sides of you. But now, like with the pandemic, it's like opening up that door. So it's going to be interesting to see how things open back up again. And like sometimes I even wonder, like, if dance studios will still be a thing because. I know a lot of dance studios are struggling with like not any classes and, and things like that. Yeah, so maybe this online different. thing will be around longer than what we can expect, but they can also reach a lot more people online than just trying to run local classes for the people within your 20 mile radius, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. Cause, cause like it's, it's kind of this blessing cause you can talk to people all over the world mm-hmm. and people that want to dance with you, you can. You really can connect, but now it's like, okay, well, how do we, how do we have beginners? How do we get mm. other people interested in this? Um, and I think we can, I think we can, we're on our way to inviting different groups into For our sure. dance scene, you know? Definitely. Okay, yeah. Jessica, we are getting close to an hour and a half. Has it, it hasn't even wow. felt like an hour and a half. No, not at all. Um, but I've had a couple Not episodes that were an hour and a half. These was definitely an hour and a half as well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, to mosey on down towards the, the end of the podcast here. And thank you for sharing so much of your journey and your mindset and things like that. It's been really awesome to learn more about you and I guess your philosophy and how you view things and stuff like that, you know. And you, and you, like mm. you dropped, like, I know I didn't let you talk so much, but you dropped some, like the education moved me. Like when you said that I got goosebumps, I was really moved. And, and I always knew about Gary. I forgot his last name. Gary Vaynerchuk. I think the people just call him Gary V. V, Gary V. I always name. knew about him. Is it complicated? But I, I, now you're inspiring me to really like circle back mm-hmm. and, and dive deeper into him. Yeah, I'm, awesome. I'm gonna see if I can find the video and send it to you, but it's been really cool. Yeah. Um, so usually towards the end of my podcast, uh, I like to think of like a particular piece of advice or a tip or some inspiration for the listeners and just to see if you have any advice for them. I remember when you were talking earlier about the solo dancing, it reminded me of the one mm-hmm. video that you put out there and you're like, who told you that you can't do this and do that and enjoy dancing by yourself and things like that. Um, uh-huh. But yeah, um, I, I was just curious if you had anything that you felt moving through you currently that you felt like you wanted to share with the audience at this time to keep the dance flame alive. Yeah. Yes. I think right now, something that Riel told me recently is that, emotions are energy mm-hmm. and um i because i'm really working on that as well uh whenever i get really like ugh, frustrated or have one of those emotions like that are that is explosive and just not helpful but you need to like let it out i i really i'm really trying to 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 stop myself um from the like negative talk Mm -hmm. like say what it is i need to say but then just kind of go back get back on track like refocus like Mm -hmm. let's say i get really anxious okay you're really anxious but we need to give this class now and like we're just gonna give it the best that we can 
And, you know, like I have to do these little talks to myself or if I get like super like sad, you know, I have to talk to myself like I've just a, a, a more loving gaze inward and be mm. like, you know what? It's okay. But, you know, okay. So you feel sad. That's okay. <laughs> you know, it's so simple, but it's so, it's like hard to, to do, but that's been helping me. Like emotions are energy. I just need to use this. I know there's like, I could use what I'm feeling towards something. And I also can just be kinder at whatever comes up because we're capable of anything. Mm. We could literally, we could do anything. And when I forget that that's the truth, it's like, oh, how annoying is that? Right? Yeah. So I guess I'm giving three, three, three inspirational <laughs> things. Emotions are energy, loving, uh, loving gaze inward. And, and literally it's possible. Anything is possible. Yeah, definitely. We just got to believe. I feel like the emotion aspect is really, really important. Um, and how that ties into the way that we move our bodies for sure. And noticing how that happens. And I feel like, through, I guess, maturity and things like that is okay to notice feelings and not pass judgment for having those feelings. You know, that's kind of like the, the disconnect that needs to happen. So it's like, oh, I'm feeling anxious. So that means I'm an anxious person. And now I'm going to follow this anxious archetype and start doing things that's just going to add more anxiety, you know, versus just noticing the it. Story. And yes. then like saying, okay, that's fine. But that's not what we're doing right now we're going to focus on something else, you know? Yes. I've been through depression and things like that. And I feel like one of those things is that mental switch of like, Hey, noticing a negative thing. And I feel like when I used to get caught up in my depression, you, that one little bad thing happens. And then you just like, hang, you just attach yourself to it. And then it just snowballs into like bigger and bigger things. And over the years, you just get used to just like, Hey, here's one of those feelings again. And then, you just know how to course correct uh, to move yourself into a different mm-hmm. direction, which is definitely easier said than done. But I feel like Amen. that's the mental uh, exercise, you know. So that yes. compassion inside is is really important as well, you know. Yeah, because I remember I was thinking about this recently, like years ago. I think when I just not that long ago, when I started college was I think oh nine, mm-hmm. oh maybe maybe 2010. And uh, I took like Bikram yoga. I started Mm -hmm. doing that, the really hot yoga. And I met this really interesting woman at the time, older. And she said something so new to me that now it seems like, you know, self-care is so in. It's such a trending Mm -hmm. thing. It's so popular, which is great. Um, But at the time she said like, you know, I just talk to myself like I'm a little girl. <laughs> and I was like, to me, that mind explosion. Wow, this adult woman like is mm. telling me that she talks to herself. Like, and that stuck with me. And I guess I always like, it seems easy to like talk to yourself well. But it's like, if you don't notice how you're talking, then it seems easy. Once I started noticing my inner dialogue of like, Oh my God, you missed this. How could you have done that? We're going to be late. We're going to ruin our life. Ah, You know, like mm-hmm. that's a bit of a dramatic twist on that. <laughs> then I was like, Oh, you know, and it feels kind of silly to talk to myself in a sweeter way. But then when I start doing it, it's so much better than beating my up. inner dialogue. Then beating my, I, first of all, I didn't even know I was beating myself up. Then mm. when I started realizing 
when I started talking to myself sweeter and being like, oh, this is so silly. But then being like, wait, wait, this is better than than a different way. This is like, I would never talk to my friends in such exactly. a like, rough way. That's you know? exactly I would where have... my brain was going. It's interesting the yeah. passion and understanding that we show for people that we care about. But then when it turns comes a time that we have to show it to ourselves, there's like this barrier sometimes, you know? Block. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like, yeah. When you mentioned uh, your teacher was talking to herself like a little girl, I feel like our inner child is definitely, I'm not a therapist by any means of the stretch of the imagination at all, but it's been interesting getting older and like, you still feel like the same person inside, you know? So like now I have a little bit of gray in my goatee and hair, gray hair coming out. And Uh I'm still grateful to like be alive and have hair and things like that. So it's not a complaint, but then I still remember how I felt like going to play basketball when I was 16 and being in high school. And it's like, I'm the duality of like now and how I felt then, but it's like, I'm still me. It's just like my body is changing on the outside. So maybe it makes sense to talk to yourself like a little girl, which just gets you in touch of the little child who still feels is who's now in an adult body, you know? Right. Right. Also, like the the way I want to be spoken to, not like a little mm-hmm. kid, but like soft, you yeah, know, like sure. in a nice way. Because you wouldn't expect yeah. you wouldn't al- allow somebody else to come and talk to you in a mean way, you know. Right. Or I, I wouldn't enjoy it. Like, mm. you know, why are you late? Or like, whoa, you're procrastinating. Mm-hmm. You're not going to you're going to, you know, my parents would never like that, you know, so. um and I wouldn't want anyone to be like that to me. So it's interesting. Yeah. What a journey. What a journey. It's yeah. an amazing one. So it much, is. so much, so much to, to, to learn. I almost feel like we knew all of this before, but by growing up, we get distracted by the things that we think we need to learn mm. that we put all this stuff the on hold. All this very obvious education, yeah. education. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. When we, I think we all really know this stuff. We're just like coming back to it or something. Mm-hmm. And just really yeah. like enjoying these lessons and with the time that we have left, you know? So it's crazy. Yes. Uh, today is the 29th of August. And yesterday, um, Chadwick Bozeman was uh, announced that passed away, which was the character from the Black Panther, you know? And he was 43 yeah. and Kobe this year earlier, he was 41. And so I'm 36 and it's just crazy to think about like, Hey, these guys are uber successful worldwide people. And then like, I mean, life just is, it's hard to know what life has in store or the universe or whatever you want to believe in. But um, it definitely gives yeah. some, some context into enjoying and being kind to yourself um, when you realize that, like, of course, all of us are are mortals. Yeah, we're not immortal. We're not going to live forever. Right. But it's so crazy to, to think about and to be reminded. It's crazy to be reminded just how immortal we are. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Uh, I think that'll be a good note to 
to close the podcast on. Did you have anything else that was circulating in your mind that we didn't cover? No, I just wanted to thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me and for sharing um, a bit about yourself or, or being so interested in, in my journey. And thank you for being so kind to me from the first day that we met, <laughs> you know, not even knowing who I was or, you know, and thank you for sharing what you do and your journey. I know you're a hero in, in, in different ways um, with all your projects. Not mm-hmm. uh, You are kind of Super Mario. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I mean, thinking of the whole Kobe and Boswick thing, it's like, who knows how many days we have left, but like, uh, and it's like, what do you want to leave behind? You know? And so it. this, this, I feel very inspired to like do these things and these podcasts, because even if I'm not here, these things will last and maybe yeah. somebody down the line can listen to these things, you know? So I feel good putting work and time into editing the podcast and mm-hmm. reaching out to people and scheduling and all that kind of stuff, because I feel like five years from now, I think it'll be worth it uh, to have these stories out there, you know? And this will give inspiration to the next wave of instructors and organizers and promoters and dancers and things like that yeah. as well, you know. Yeah. And also setting like an example, you know, that mm. history is important. Yeah, it is. Like very getting important. to know the history is really is really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're also living history right now. So it's also interesting. It's like, I, I want to say, like, I'm honored to be a part of the, you know, like, not to say that I'm the history like I, but th- there we are, there part, are like, you know, we all, we all play a part. And yeah, and it's, I wish that we could have this with like the teachers, like, for sure. I'm sure maybe there's still time, like, but even before, like some of the first to, to, to dance Zook. I'm sure we could track some down. Yeah, definitely. There's a lot. There's a like, lot I think it'll be awesome to like sit uh, Jamie Rochadon and pick his mm-hmm. brain, you know, you. Um, while he's here with us and Renata and like just have them go off for yeah. like fucking five hours, you know, and just document that shit. Yes. Yeah. Okay, Jessica, Absolutely. thank you so much for being an excellent host. It was awesome to sit down and have a conversation with you and it was awesome to hear more about your journey and your insecurities and um Mm -hmm. to see the struggles that we we go through and um also that passion that's like hey i'm gonna do this come hell or high water you so i think all of us can relate to that as a full-time artist uh just saying say this is what i want to do and i'm going to do it and that just has to be a way you know so uh, yes. Hopefully for the listeners, this was inspirational for you. Thank you for tuning in mm-hmm. and we will see you in next episode. Thank you so much, Jessica. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for checking out the Dance Your Heart on Fire podcast today. Be sure to check out neokizomba.com for links to everything that we chatted about today, as well as some awesome free resources to enhance your Kizomba journey. Mm-hmm.